Bibles today, open up to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. One of my favorite books in all of the Bible, James. I actually saw one pastor once. He probably wasn't a guy you want to really listen to on biblical authority. But at one point I saw him, he ripped out the book of James from the Bible and said, I don't want James in my Bible. I don't like him. I was like, I didn't know you could do that. If I don't like something in the Bible, I could just rip it out? It's really hard if I'm reading on my iPad, but still, uh, no, that's not what you can do. It is, it is the Word of God, and James is very powerful, very exciting to get into, and so we're going to be turning to James here today. We've been on this study about prayer. Uh, we've been st- on this study about prayer. In fact, today's message is entitled, Two Stepping to Limits, Part 4 of Let's Talk About Prayer. Two Stepping to Limits, you'll understand why we talk about that. Part 1, we talked about how prayer is the application of breaking up the ground of your heart to let God start to move in your life. Part two, we talked about that the point of prayer is a conversation with God. It's not a one-way street. It's not just me talking to God or me listening to God. It is a conversation. And last week, we talked about in part three that something will want to tell you to be quiet. Don't stop, we talked about last week. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing into the things of God. Well, today, we're going to talk about something that I think comes up when we're talking about prayer, and, and that's kind of like, well, are my prayers going to be answered? Well, how come my prayers aren't getting answered? How come I feel like there's this a limit? And we're not going to get into every detail, because we could probably sit here and talk for hours and, and talk about the Bible and talk about all the different things, but I, just, I, I felt the Lord gave me one key point to kind of pinpoint in today on how we can know we're, we're hearing from God and how we know we, we're going to have God hear our prayers because there's one thing that's really, really key here in James that he talks about um, when we talks about not having our prayers heard or answered. So have you found James 1 yet? i got to find it in my Bible today. It's in the New Testament towards the end there. If you get to Revelation, you've gone too far. If you're in... The Psalms, just give up, you know, just give up. You're nowhere near it. James chapter 1, I'm going to be reading from the uh, New King James Version, also the NLT today, lots of good versions out there. But find verse 2, James chapter 1, verse 2, and we're going to start there. It says, my brethren, by the way, my brethren just means all y'all, the family of God, my brothers and sisters. We should, we should bring that back, you know. The greeters up front when they see people walking up, my brethren. We might scare a few people off. Okay, let's not do that, Sal. Don't, don't add that to the greeter list. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, count it all joy? That, that seems antithetical to the human experience. Wait, 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 I'm going through something? I should be happy about it? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Verse 5, this is really what I wanted to get to here today. Verse 5, it says, If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. I mean, he's not going to reject you. Gives to all. Everyone say all. He gives to all. You know, I looked up all in the Greek. and means all. All liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But notice the caveat here. This is really where I want to focus in on. I want to hone in. felt like the Lord told us to focus in on. It says in verse 6, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. 
So here we talk about, he goes, he, he's talking about those who are going to ask wisdom from God. How many think it's important that we go to God for wisdom? I mean, I, that's one of the most important prayers I think we should go to God. I, I need wisdom. I need to know what you're saying on a certain situation. Obviously, that applies to prayer. Says, But when you go to God and ask him for wisdom, does he say no? Does he say, well, first you got to have like 10 different steps. First you got to do this. First you need to tithe. And then I'm going to pour out the wisdom. No, he says anyone who asks for wisdom, anyone, anyone, your neighbor is anyone. You is anyone. Anyone who asks for wisdom, what? God will pour it out generously. You ever meet someone when, when they're giving you some food? Maybe over for a dinner? And you see that's that, one, that one dish you, you really want more than anything else? Like that pasta dish, you're like, ooh, that looks good. Well, I'll take a little. And they just, like, they just put like a little like half a scoop in there, like... No, 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 I want more, please. More, please. Like if you take your kids to the buffet and what do they come back? Come with like one thing on their plate. Just like my son will do that. They just come with like a giant plate of macaroni and cheese. This is enough. Just, gen- just scoop and scoop and scoop and scoop and scoop. God is not just taking a little teaspoon and going, here's the wisdom. Hope that's enough. He's not doing a little salt guy. Remember the Instagram salt guy? You know, he's not... Not sprinkling the wisdom out, just very, no, no, no. He gives generously. He wants to pour it out. Doesn't reject it. But the caveat is, let him who asks, ask in faith. With no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Now notice verse 7. I I like this, because he goes into talking about wisdom. Verse 7, he says this. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I like how the New Living Translation says it from verse 6 to 8. It says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Point one, if you're taking notes, is a double-minded person will limit prayer. A double-minded person will limit prayer. Well, how can you be double-minded? Oh, we do it a lot in the church. We do it. We play double-minded people a lot. Not you. That other church down the street, you know. That other, you know, that other church down the street. I realize that we have someone has a family member that goes to that church down there. So not that church. That church is a good church over there. It's that other, that other church that we're always talking about. Those people over there who don't, who need, we need more Jesus over there. It says a double-minded person will not receive anything. You ever talk to someone in church? They walk in. How you doing, brother? How you doing, sister? Oh, I'm blessed. Mighty in the Lord. Insert other Christianese saying right here. Come, blessed. Hallelujah. I'm anointed. But how are you doing? I'm anointed. And then you see him like 10 minutes after church. How's that going? Man, I'm jacked up. I don't know what's going on. 
See, a double-minded person is someone who says one thing at one time and then says another thing right back up. We treat our prayer life like this. People treat their prayers like this. They think when they come into church, everything's, everything's like you've got to be perfect and compartmentalized and got to be right here. But then when you walk out, you actually hear what's in their heart. Like if, you, if someone comes up, and I, I love praying with people, and I want to pray with you. If, you. if you have a prayer request, man, come on up. We will lay hands. We'll talk about it. We'll pray about it, whatever it is. But you then cannot take that prayer, whatever we pray about. You're saying, I, I want God to take my finances. Man, I, I really need help in my finances. I'm just going to hand everything over to God. Well, let's pray about it. All right, brother and sister. And, you know, in the name of Jesus, we're providing that you're going to Amen. Praise the Lord. You believe that God's going to provide for you? Yeah, I'm going to believe that. I believe that. I stand up. God's got this in his hands. And then that same person goes out to lunch. They sit down with their family members. How are your finances going? Man, I'm jacked up. I'm not going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it. God, I mean, just, I'm, I'm, I'm jacked up. I'm jacked up. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to do. You know what that person is? They're double-minded. Why are they double-minded? Because oh, they're over here confessing that God's going to take care of every one of their needs. Yet as soon as they say amen, walk outside of the church, they're no longer confessing what they prayed in church. They're confessing something else. I'm jacked up. I'm broke. I'm not going to make it. I don't know who's, how I'm going to provide. For, I don't See, they're double-minded. And the Bible says, let not that person suppose they will receive anything. He's not talking about wisdom now. He's talking about anything from the Lord. See, a lot of people think prayer is just that moment where you close your eyes, bow your head, maybe you do a little together, maybe, maybe, maybe you do the double fist approach, you know, you know, karate style, hi, you know. Maybe you got to bend the knee, maybe whatever it is, whatever, however it is that prayer is. People think, well, that's the prayer. Then as soon as I get up from that prayer, God heard me because I bowed my head, I closed my eyes, God heard me. But as soon as I stood up and I got out of church, God's not with me anymore, and he didn't hear me no more. So when I'm over here talking to my friends, God's not really listening into this conversation. Why? Because which conversation is showing what you really believe? Let him who asks, ask in faith. Okay, so which is the faith? The one where you were praying or the one where you're telling everyone that you're not going to make it? See, because the difference is someone who stands, I'm giving, I'm giving, Lord, Lord, I'm trusting you with my finances. Come on over here. How are you doing? Bro, I, you know what? I don't have a lot, but I'm trusting that God's going to make, make a difference. And it's okay to, to identify both realities. You can say, I've got nothing, but I also believe that God's going to take care of me. See, there's a difference. There, that's not double-minded. That's going, there's two realities to see. The reality I see in front of me, my bank account is empty. But the reality is I know God is going to provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. When you're double-minded, you're just bouncing back and forth. I'm over here. I'm over here. I'm in this lane. I'm in that lane. You can't decide where you're at. And God's saying, okay, you, you, you let that person suppose that they will not receive a thing. Point number two, and I'm not going to take long here today and unpack this all out, but this is really the, the whole point, is don't compartmentalize. That's a big word, I know. Don't compartmentalize your faith and your prayers. Don't compartmentalize. In other words, don't put like there's a box over here that when I'm at church, 
I do certain things. And then when I'm over here with this person, I'm doing certain things. And then when I'm over here, I'm doing certain things over here. And we have all these compartments that we put our, our life in, that we're living our life, and it, it's not matching up with the faith that we're saying we have. No wonder. He says to ask in faith, where is your faith level? I like the story of uh, when Jesus got hungry one day. He got hungry. And Jesus got hungry. He was, he was, a, he was a man. He, he, was, he was God. He was man. But one day he got hungry and he saw a fig tree full of leaves. And he was hungry and he went up to it and there was no fruit on it. Now that's significant. Why? Because when figs, the fruit actually starts to grow first. And when a fig tree, the leaves actually, when they start to bloom, when the leaves start to bloom, it means the fruit on a fig tree is ready. And so when Jesus walks up to this fig tree full of leaves, he's expecting to find fruit. He looks at the fig tree, he gets there, and there's nothing. Lion tree. Lion tree. Some could even say that's a metaphor for being double-minded. You look, you look all good on the outside, but when you get onto the inside... There's no fruit. And notice what Jesus says. It was in Mark 14, Mark 11, 14. And then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. He curses this tree. And notice what the verse says, and the disciples heard him say it. So they go on their day. A couple days later pass, and they're actually going right back by this fig tree. And one of the disciples starts wigging out, like, wait, 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 remember that fig tree he cursed? It, it shriveled up, it's dead. What happened? And he says, Jesus, look, Jesus, look, the tree you cursed is dead. And it says here in verse 22 in Mark 11, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, notice, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. In other words, let your faith level match exactly what you're going to go out and tell everyone else. Whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I love that it doesn't even reference there in Mark 11. You go see for yourself. It never even says that Jesus looked at the tree. It's like Jesus just walking along. He, he already knew that his prayer was going to be answered, that tree was going to be dried up. doesn't even say that. He references looking, and Jesus looked at the tree. Jesus, look, Jesus, look. And he says, have faith in God. He's like, I don't need to look. I got faith in God. I don't even need to look. Why? Because I know that when I pray, I receive. And he goes on to say, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. I don't know who that's for. I was going to cut that one off, but the Lord said to keep that one in. Uh, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Unforgiveness is like cancer. You expect it to kill the other person, and the only person it's building up, building up is you. It's like taking a vial of cancer and running it up and down your arm going, Ha-ha, they're going to get it. Oh, yeah, they're going to die now. The only person that's infecting is you. Maybe, maybe that's why some people feel like, well, I, I'm praying, I'm praying. 
I'm just going to leave that one there. That, that's for the Holy Spirit to, to minister to you. I'm not, I'm not touching that one. I'm not touching that one. Let's go back to James in James chapter 4. Find the first verse. James chapter 4. You with me so far? I told you I'm not preaching. I felt like this was a very succinct message today. James chapter 4. Some of you are going, amen, pastor. Hurry up. James chapter 4, verse 1. It says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasures that warn your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war. So notice, all these things he's talking about, where do, the, where do all the things that come up, where do wars and fights? Where do, where do church fights come from? Just think about it for a second, because I've heard a lot of people say this. Well, they, they come from the, the, the pit of hell, and Satan brings it upon the church. Satan, get out of this church. I actually saw a pastor praying that, and, you know, I, I, I get it. But notice what it says. Where do fights, wars and fights come from you? They come from your desires and pleasures that war on your members. You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Where do church fights come from? Selfish egos. That war and fight and covet and want. And yet Jesus, he answers, I mean, uh, right here, the, the, the Lord leads James to write this down, and he says this, yet you do not have, because you do not ask. We're so busy, caught up in everyone else's business. And the Holy Spirit's saying, you don't have, not because someone in the church is holding you back. You don't have because of all, nope, you don't ask. How many times have we thought, we just assume God knows what I need and God knows what I'm thinking, so I'm just going to let him do what he's going to do? See, but the Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. And then he goes on to say, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it, spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses. It's very interesting. I found myself when he, when he said this. He goes, why aren't your prayers answered? And this is, this is really coming to the crux of what we're talking about, about being double-minded. You don't have because of a couple reasons. One, you don't ask. Or two, you ask it so that it can be a selfish desire. Lord, I need a million dollars. Well, why do you need a million dollars? Well, I need a million dollars because I need me some money. Daddy needs a new pair of kicks. I need an iPad. I need that Lamborghini. I need, I, you got, got a list 100 miles long. Oh, and then maybe like 101 will be, oh, and I should probably tithe too. At no point was there anything building the kingdom, building up the kingdom. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about building up the kingdom, helping other people, blessing other people. And he goes, you're just folks focused on yourself. You're, you're missing out on what I have in front of you. 
You ask that you may spend it on your pleasures. Why? Because he's talking about someone who's double-minded, someone who's, who's flirting with the world, a friend with the world, and trying to be a friend in church. I can, I can be here in church, but I can be here another place. I can, I can be this way over here with these people, and I can be this way. And God's saying, he said it in Revelation, he says, don't be lukewarm. Either be hot or be cold, but don't be lukewarm. And I find it interesting that he uses this word adulterers and adulteresses. The Bible says that we're married, we're betrothed to God. God has a jealousy that he yearns for us. And if we're trying to play this double-sided game of half in the world or half all about me and not focus really on what even God wants, we're going to miss out on it. Look what he says here. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Hatred with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? He says in verse 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Notice what he says. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hand, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double Minded. He's speaking about that same heart, someone who is double-minded. I like how the uh, NLT says it. It says, you want, but you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You, on- you want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you will make yourself an enemy of God. Point number three, and I'm going to wrap up with this. It's very simple. Ask. Pray the promises of God. Ask. Ask. What did Jesus say? When you pray, believe that you received it. Don't stand up from what, or whatever prayer, where you're sitting, where you're standing, where they, don't walk away and negate your entire prayer by saying the very opposite of what you just prayed. That's not a prayer. That's not asking in faith. Faith says, I see the situation, but I know my God is going to hear me. I may be sick, and I may get up from my prayer and still feel sick, but you know what? I prayed. I pray for God to heal me. And I believe, even though I feel this way, I'm believing that God's going to heal me. I may not see it right away. I may not feel it right away. But my faith level, what I've asked, I pray, and I know God hears me, so I'm going to pray when I stand up, when I open my eyes, when I say amen. Do you know what the word amen means? It means let it be done. How dare we make a prayer and say Amen. Let it be done and then cut it down the very next sentence. I honestly believe, and this isn't fully biblical, but I sometimes think the most powerful prayers are not the ones that we have our eyes closed, but it's the one where people ask, how are you doing? And we see what faith comes out. And we see what comes out. 
You ever filled up? You know, we don't really have this before, but remember old gas tanks? They didn't have that automatic stop. Or maybe you go to an old gas station. We had them in, in Little Rock when I grew up. Like n Nothing was fancy on Little Rock for like the longest time. Oh, it's still not. Um, but you, you put it in there. And how did you know when the gas tank was full? The gas would begin to spit out. That's when you knew it was full. Everything started sh shooting out. See, we know what faith you're full of by what spits out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 7, 7, 8 says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives and he who um, seeks finds. And to him who knocks it opens. God is inviting us here today. He's saying, listen, Jesus is radical. No other rabbi, no other teacher was saying this, and he's still, no other teacher is still saying this. God is saying, when you ask, I answer. When you seek me, you find me. When you knock, I open the door. Everyone who asks, receives. But remember, let's go back to what Jesus said earlier. In James 1, I'm sorry, not James 1, I'm sorry, in Mark 11, 24, says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Where is your faith level? Do you believe that when you pray, God hears you? Because I ended last week's message on this, but 2 Corinthians 1, 20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes. If you're unsure what to pray for, find the promises of God. Go to what the, the Bible says, His promises, and pray those promises. Because it says all the promises of God are what? Yes. Amen. All the promises of God. Well, I don't know what to pray for. Pray the promises of God. Honestly, you could even just go to Timber. I like, I like that, that very, nothing to see here. Get behind me, Satan. No. Honestly, we have so much now where you can pull up your Bible app, you can pull up Google, and you can Google the promises of God. You could say, I need the promises of God concerning finances. I need the promises of God concerning health. I need the promises of God concerning hearing Him. And I, I promise you, you could pull up page after page after page of the Word of God of promises. Take those promises and pray those. Lord, I believe that you're going you're gonna to provide my finances. Why? Not because I'm good, because you said that you would provide according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Lord, I need healing. Well, don't heal me. Why? Because, well, I, I know that you says, by your stripes, I am healed. So, Lord, I come to your word. I come to your promises, and you said that I'm healed. So, Lord, I call upon you, and I ask you to heal me. Why? Why? Not because of anything I've done, because your word says you would do it. All the promises in him are yes and amen. But don't stand up. And then go say the opposite. You stay in faith. You stay in faith. Me and my wife will catch, catch, us, catch us ourselves. Sometimes we'll say something and we'll turn to each other and go, 
Did you really mean that? Do you really believe that? And we'll have to catch ourselves. Oh, no, you know what? What I said was wrong there. That's not what I believe. In fact, we'll just, Lord, that's not what I believe right there. Lord, I believe that you're going to take care of this problem right here and right now. And we just go back to, Lord, no, no, I'm, sta- I'm standing in faith. Now, it's not a, a magical name it and claim it. Like, you just, you just say it. Name it and claim it. You say you're going to have a Ferrari. Lord's going to have you a Ferrari. Say it right now in the name of Jesus. Ferrari. Red Ferrari. Be specific. No. It's the promises of God that we should be focused in on. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. Why? Because all of the promises of God are a yes and amen to the glory of God through us. I want to do this. I want to...